Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. It's a marvelous night for a moon dance With the stars up above in your eyes A fantabulous night to make romance Neath the cover of October skies You know the leaves on the trees are falling To the sound of the breezes that blow You know I'm trying to please to the calling Of your heart strength that plays soft and low You know the night What's up? What's up, everybody? Hey, welcome aboard to the Bubba Show. It's Monday, 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 August 20th, 2018. Uh, and uh, here we are, and uh, nothing's going on. <laughs> Surprise! Nah, actually, we would figure that it's quiet. Uh, there shouldn't be any reason to believe that it would be uh, overly active. You know, the in, in the summertime, usually... Uh, Markets are quiet, unless unless uh, there's some major news events going on, and uh, you know, right now there's not much going on. And yes, you have Turkey, uh, you have uh, uh, the uh, contagion worries, you have the crashing of the lira, you have uh, Venezuela and and Maduro devaluing the currency by ninety five percent, but basically. The equity markets don't care about anything, and they're just you know, a little bit of a drift to the upside. You know, again, nothing, uh, nothing of major consequence. Or again, until there is some news to drive the markets. Um, you know, we we have this, as we like to call it, we have the stench of of complacency around. Uh, we have the, uh, you know, the lack of any real interest. And, of course, we do have the continuation of uh, people who want to uh, continue to invest in this market because they know, they know that this time is different. They know that the markets can never go down again. And they know that everybody tells them that this is the time. And, of course... That would be the time that I would be worried most, which is now. Now, I am not going to predict a major debacle tomorrow, uh, but I would say to you that there should be some concerns out there. Uh, again, this goes back to being hedged, and that's why I don't worry about it. But again, you, you look at what's going on, and uh, you know, you've got uh, of the Fed minutes this week, which why they matter, I don't know. They're, it's old news already, but they will. Uh, you see, it, it appears that gold has found at least a temporary bottom. Um, you know, if you're in or if you're looking to play it, uh, I think anywhere around here is fine. I would just make sure that below 1167, I'd be exiting and looking for another entry. But I don't know that we'll get that low. We could have. I could see as much as a 7 to 10% rally here. Uh, in gold, maybe bigger. Um, you know, you've got an interesting dynamics happening. You've got the the banks and the commercials that are always short. 
have now are almost neutral, which is like being massively long for them. Uh, and you have the uh, you have the advisor commercials, which are never right, and they have a record short position on. So that has the combustible energy to create one massive short swig, 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 <laughs> one magic squirt, short squeeze uh, that could really push these things higher. Now, again, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it certainly I would be leaning to the long side. Uh, and, you know, if you're worried about the risk or you don't want to be a long-term holder of the metal, okay, then you can use, you know, some of the ETFs like a Nugget, okay, NUGT, November Uniform Golf Tango, as a way to play with very minimal, minimal, minimal risk. I mean, there's obviously always risk in any trade that you make, but a stock like a Nugget is cheap enough at $14 or so that, you know, there's your risk, okay? Now, Again, I'm just saying that that would be a way to to look at if you want to play. And I'm not saying you should or you shouldn't. I'm saying that I am. And not only am I in physical, but I'm also in Nugget and some of the others like that. Uh, I think silver's got a nice pop coming as well. And I'm using, uh, as well as real physical silver, I'm also using a, an ETF AG, Alpha Golf. So you can look at those if you choose. Again, uh, no big deal. I think that you've seen um, oil. You know, could oil bounce a little bit? Sure. But, I mean, are we going back up? No, I don't think so. I think we're going I think we're going down, down, down. Uh, you know, so, again, there'll be rallies. So don't, you know, think of it that way. And the, uh, the grain markets, you know, soybeans look like they're headed to, you know, their next resistance level of 920 to 940. Uh, you know, I would expect to see some selling pressure in, in hogs, uh, but longer term, I'd expect them to be uh, continue to rally. But again, you know, after that big rally and the big run up, we would expect to see some potential selling. Uh, but he really, again, this is just the time of year that there's not a lot going on and not a lot to do. So. The markets are going to be more dependent on news events to potentially drive them, okay? And I would expect them to be driven, you know, I, I think the trade wars uh, will settle, you know, most likely this week. You've got uh, uh, China coming in uh, to talk, and, you know, they're pretty much potentially past that spot of talking, Um but, uh, you know, I think you're going to have um, uh, a, a potential, okay, that the deal gets done. I think that potentially throws the markets up big, okay? And then I think that would be, that would be more where I would want to be a seller. I mean, I'm, 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 I've got my finger on the sell button already, but I would really want to see and expect to see the trade wars come to an end, the big spike rally, which will get the final retail traders in, uh, get the rest of their money in the market, and then I would firmly expect to see a mash, a monster mash. 
Okay. Now again, I, I'm not. You know, this you have to look at your your time perspective. Okay. Uh, you know, if you're trading, it doesn't matter. You're trading whatever time frame you're trading, and you should be going back and forth. But for investors, I mean, again, I wouldn't. I don't worry about it as an investor. Again, we talk about hedging all the time. Uh, we did a great hedging webinar on Saturday, and if you'd like a copy of it, you can email me at bob at bobatrading.com, and I'll send you a copy for free. But my point is very simple. Um, you know, as long as you're investing money that you can afford and aren't going to need to pay the rent and aren't going to puke if we go lower, then it doesn't matter. And that's always the mantra we try to teach here is to that certain things don't matter. Don't try to listen to the 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 MBs that, you know, tell you, well, you got to you got to get out of this and get into this because it's risk and risk. Off. It's all crap. That's BS. That's cluelessness. That's just churning your money. And you know what? If you want to be in and, for example, you want to buy Apple, Apple's probably going to sell off. But 10 years from now, it'll be much higher than it is today. That's the way I see it. And that's the way that I'd play it. But, of course, I would hedge it as well. But, I don't know, that's what we kind of see. And uh, we're going to stop out here for a break and come back with our guy, Matt Demeter from DemeterResearch.com. In the meantime, don't forget to download The Bubba Show each and every day at LibertyTalk.fm. And don't forget... Uh, about the Sporting Edge and Crypto Investor X as well. And, of course, it is back to school, and we're starting our high school program again. And uh, we could use your help. Otherwise, we may have to shut it down. But if you'd like to help us out, go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, forward slash Bubba Trading. That's Patreon.com, forward slash Bubba Trading. We're going to step out of a break. We'll be back right after the break with Matt Demeter. The Bubba Show, Top of the Horrors. Is it Welcome back to the Bubba Show, Top of Orwitz with Matt Demeter, DemeterResearch.com, CryptoInvestorX.com, and all about genius and technical analysis for the Bubba Show. What's up, Matt? Hey, Todd. How you doing? I'm doing great. So it's uh, always good to talk to you. And since you have such a wide range and have been so spot on on the markets, but I, I saw something interesting and I don't know what it is. So explain to me, what is Ethereum Classic? So, you know, there was a fork in Ethereum, I think it's been over a year now, I think. And uh, what happened was uh, there was this, it's hard to explain, but there was a, a hack of the DAO, DAO, that is that was associated with Ethereum. And in order to retrieve uh, stolen funds and to basically rewind time, uh, they had to fork the, the currency. So uh, there was just there was just some bad code in in uh, the Ethereum DAO, uh, which is distri uh, distributed uh, autonomous organization, I believe is the uh, that's what the acronym's for. But anyway, uh, the point is now there's now there's two currencies. There's a Ethereum Classic and there's a regular Ethereum, and uh, Ethereum is like the active one. It's where most of the development is taking place. So that's why it's priced a lot higher. Ethereum Classic is the currency that would have kept on going even with the hack and, and people losing money and so forth. So, and a lot of purists, you know, want to go with the, you know, so f fine. Uh, you know, people lost money. There was a, a theft. There was a hack or whatever. But they're purists and they say, look, that's just the way it goes. And you know, uh, you can't you can't reverse time like that. Otherwise, it's not a decentralized. You know, if, if one entity, one development group can do that, then 
you can't really claim that it's decentralized, can you? That's centralized organization. So that was almost the destruction of Ethereum right there. Like the whole thing almost collapsed under this. And this was, I don't know, this again, this was like a year, 18 months ago, something like that. Uh, but in any case, there's two currencies now. And Ethereum Classic, because it's, because, you know, Coinbase is offering it now to buy and sell. Uh, Ethereum Classic has very similar code to Ethereum, as you can imagine. And they already know that it would run well, just like Bitcoin. They added Bitcoin Cash with Bitcoin. So uh, I don't see I don't see any real reason to hold on to Ethereum Classic. So uh, I actually had uh, like 110 Ethereum Classic uh, trapped because I'd bought I'd bought my Ethereum on Coinbase and wasn't able to, you know, get my Ethereum Classic tokens. But now that Coinbase has enabled Ethereum Classic, uh, they they delivered the the 110 that I had. So I was able to sell. And I, I think that everybody should probably, I mean, look, that's just my opinion. I, I, I'm a seller of Ethereum Classic. Okay, but you're still a believer in Ethereum? Oh, I am. Yeah, I, I am. But, you know, they can, I, I think if they were to go through this of this similar event again, it would, it would, be, they would be over. So I think they've taken it very seriously now. And uh, they, you know, the, they've, they've matured a lot since, since, you know, 18 months ago or two, whatever it's been. So I, I, I think it's, uh, I'm, st- I'm still very much behind Ethereum. Has, has the crypto world ba- ba- cratered here? Is this the bottoms or has it got more room to go on the downside? It's pretty ugly last week. Right. I think we're very close to bottom. I don't think we're at bottom. Uh, Bitcoin, you know, it, Bitcoin's a hard read. I'm looking at a, a chart of it's monthly RSI, and I think the monthly RSI is bottomed. I like monthly RSI because it's very long term. I think it's bottomed, so that should mean that price is also bottomed. Uh, but it, it doesn't mean we can't go a little bit, you know, a little bit to the downside. But I don't think we're if we start cracking like 5,700 and, and so forth, then it's probably, you know, I, I'll probably reverse opinion. But so far, it's pretty much doing what it should. I thought it went a little bit too far a week or two ago. But uh, I think my pattern could stretch and make it work. Okay. So, I mean, just uh, a lot of ugly, yeah. There's a lot of ugliness out there at the moment. And, you know, I mean, you know, you look at, uh, you know, Ethereum down, you know, was under 300 and uh, uh, EOS was down around four bucks or less. I don't know. It was, you know, really uh, fairly ugly. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too worried about EOS. I think it's fine. Uh, some of the other ones I follow, like Ethereum uh, and some of the smaller ones, they, don't appear like they're fully complete to the downside, but I don't think I, I think they might make slightly lower lows, and that's it. I don't. I think we could go back down to whatever it was, two hundred and fifty in Ethereum, and you know just sort of double bottom or make a slightly new low. But that that'll be it. In fact, I got the chart up now. It's uh, two hundred. My I have a rising target at two hundred and twenty-five, but it's rising, and by the end of the month, it'll be at two hundred and seventy. So that would mean we wouldn't make a new low if it just depends on timing, like how. Oh, well, yeah, that, that always makes sense. Now, what about Stellar? Do you like Stellar here? Yeah, I like, I like Stellar. At 20, uh, was it 22 cents? <laughs> yeah, I like it at 22 cents. And I think it's probably a pretty good candidate for inclusion in Coinbase. I also think it will, if we get a, if we start getting ETFs, then I think it'll benefit from that too, because it's a top 10 crypto. And I think that you know, there will be a top 10 crypto ETF, so it should benefit from that. And uh, I think that, again, you know, we continue to see 
people fight it, but the, the fighters, I think, are losing. I think that you're seeing uh, some more reality in here, and I think that the new ETF is going to get approved. It's just taking time. I think it's more of a case of them trying to figure out how they're going to get their, their money out of it. <laughs> I think that's what I see. What do you think? I, yeah, no, I, exactly. I, I, there's that, and then I think that I, – I, personally, I, I think this would make a lot of sense to be – this is my conspiracy theory uh, side of me. I, I think that, they, that commercials are loading up now. And you know they want prices to stay low. They who knows maybe these markets are being manipulated. It's hard to know. They're very small. They can be whipped around with small amounts of volume. So I wouldn't be shocked if that was going on. It happens in silver all the time. But uh, you know I think the institutions are loading up here while they can. And you know why wouldn't you? Because I think it's a big deal that we're getting this uh, company out of uh, you know out of ICE, the backed B A K K T. Right which will have a custody solution for crypto. That's huge. So uh, that's coming in November. So, All right. Is there any um, is there any new ones coming out that you're liking? I know we talked about the Kinesius. And do you like that that coin? I, token, whatever we call it? I, re- I really like Kinesis. Uh, you know, the more I hear about it, the more I'm convinced. You know, at, at first I was a bit skeptical about how can you get a yield on gold. Uh, the two guys, you know, Andy and Tom, have explained that pretty well. And I've gone through the their uh, uh, the architecture of the of the system, and it, it does. It, it, at first, it didn't make sense because it was just there was so much to it. But after examining it, I think that it really has merit. And if they can pull that off, they could remonetize gold and silver. All right. So I mean, again, so that that looks to be interesting. And is there anything else sticking out in the in the crypto world in your mind? Uh, I really think it, it's it's. Uh, the, the ICE futures and also in a co- combination with that, the, the company that they start backed, which uh, will allow institutions to, to custody their cryptos. Uh, and that's really the solution everybody's been waiting for, the institutions to, to, to put money in and, and do it without you know, being worried about you know, hacks and so forth. So that's what, that's, should what be what turns on institutional money. And that's that's the main thing. Now, we, we heard a lot from, you know, with, with Turkey kind of going through some rough times. And, you know, obviously they have the GDP of Indiana. But uh, I heard there's a lot of uh, selling lira trying to buy cryptocurrencies. Uh, what do you think of that? Do you have any feel? Did you see any, uh, any of that information? Yeah, we talked about that briefly last week. Uh, the the uh, exchanges in Turkey, have the, the Turkish volumes doubled at least on, on all these exchanges. So... No, I think that it's a good a, a good um, sort of template for what will happen when we have currency crises elsewhere. I think this, you know, that people would turn to uh, just to an online currency, to something that's go on the internet and is open twenty four seven. They can they can swap out, you know, their their fiat for crypto. Now they have trouble with the fee, like the fiat. Like for example, if you're trying to swap out from a bank. They may not let you do it, right? That's true. I mean, if if they, if you have a bank holiday or they don't allow you a connection to the crypto ex- exchange, then that will be that's the that's that's the impediment. Like the the on the on roads into crypto still rely on the current banking system. So if they shut shut those on ramps off, it makes it much more difficult. I don't think that's I don't think that's going to happen all at once by you know the world. So I think there'll always be a place that you can do that. All right. But, you know, um, 
uh, you know, smaller countries like Turkey could. could they could do a lot of that in the, yeah. with Erdogan taking over. But this is the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz with Matt Demeter. DemeterResearch.com. Make sure you check out his website. He's doing a great new audio newsletter. I really enjoyed it. And, of course, also the uh, the chief investor of Crypto Investor X. Check that out, CryptoInvestorX.com. This is the Bubba Show with Todd Bubba Horowitz. We'll be right back with more after the break. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. Welcome back to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with Matt Demeter, DemeterResearch.com, also CryptoInvestorX.com. And make sure you check out both sites because Matt has put up some great information and it's really much pretty much on top of the markets. And Matt, it looks to me like uh, gold has maybe finally made a bottom. Uh, the, the, the dumb money commercials are loaded to the short side. Uh, it hit our 1180, actually went to 1167 overnight, but really 1180 was the day number and it kind of held there. And a little bit of a rally on Friday. What are your thoughts? Man. I think that uh, that was a medium term short or slash short term bottom at 1167. Uh, it just pushed just far enough. I mean, I was saying 1180. That is a that there is a line there, and it's actually has three closes right at the line. Uh, so it's it's seeing it, it's respecting it. That was my minimum downside, but it went further. Went down to my rising target support. It hit it. And now I think, yeah, I agree with you. I think that that was a, that was an important bottom. I don't think it's the final bottom, like the bottom of the bear market, but I think it's a, you know, we're gonna get a, a medium term rally out of here. And I would think we'd go back up to, I think we're gonna go back up to say thirteen. 1320 to 1340 uh, it's a rising target so uh, it just depends on what at what point it, it gets there just high enough to kill the uh, shorts who just got in all the big the the the, the as, as you like to write about the dumb money exactly the managed money guys are record short gold and silver like they've never been this short this they're the dumb money they've never been this short before so just on that basis alone you'd expect you know th some of that to unwind i mean how much if they're the guys that are, are doing all the selling and they've already hit, you know, prior maximums and gone beyond that. How much more selling should we really expect? So, I, yeah, I think that has to unwind, and uh, we'll, yeah, with that we'll go higher. No, I agree with that, and I, and of course, you and I both are big fans of silver and looking for a fairly substantial balance, even if it's not the final bottom. I mean, you know, again, we both believe that long term they're going to be higher, but there certainly could be some pain near term. But I think in the nearest term, I think we see a pretty good rally. Yeah, absolutely. 
So I, you know, I'm you know, we're we're not. We're, whenever I see an opportunity to get long gold or silver, we always go with silver because I think silver has got more upside long term. So just in case we do, just in case I'm wrong, and this is a final bottom, then you know, I'd rather be in silver than gold, and we we're long silver right now. So I don't blame you. I took a big position in silver myself. Uh, now, of course. You know, the markets were very awkward themselves last week. And I know you've got a target at 8,000 in the NASDAQ and it got close. And I think what, 79.38 was the top. And then now that sold off. Uh, but uh, the equities are still kind of trying to churning and they're in kind of a consolidating period up towards the upper end. And I know that the NYSE is still substantially far away, I guess, right? About 8% or so from the, from the high you're looking for. So we got a pretty mixed picture here. What are you thinking? Yeah, I, you know, I, I still, I, I, I'm still of the belief that the NYC is trying to hit fourteen thousand four hundred ish, and like you said, eight percent higher. So that's the, my longest term target. So, but in the nearer term, Nasdaq, I'm still looking for eight thousand. That will be a key turning point for me. And what I'm seeing over the past week and a half is what what looks to me like a, a bull flag. You know, just this chopping slowly down, and uh, I, I, that's typically you know uh, resolves to the upside. And my target, my short-term target, is lining up with the 8,000 uh, medium-term top in the Nasdaq. So, to me, everything looks good. I, you know, but I I am anticipating getting pretty heavily short at 8,000. Right. And, I, yeah. I, and you use the Qs for that, or I use the futures as well. Uh, when we get like when we get very, I'll use the bigger stuff. I'll use the futures right when we get to a, a key spot. So I will use uh, Nasdaq futures. But for you know, for doing smaller stuff, I'll do Q, uh, the Qs. No, it makes sense. I mean, again, you're taking you know when you decide to really get short, you're taking a little bit more exposure on the futures. Whereas the options, if you buy options, it's just your risk is that that's that's a, that is a, di- a big difference, and it it matters. And again, your 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 aggression point is is exactly right. So now. Uh, of course, the dollar made its run. We both liked that 97 level. It got within fractions of 97 and had a little bit of a sell-off. I think it goes higher, but I think it probably pulls back a little bit here first. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Uh, you and you, by the way, you had a nice call. You said 97 in the dollar. You were, you were, I said 96. You were closer. Just want to point that out. Uh, I do think, you know, it's still more, a little bit more overbought. Than than uh, oversold, obviously. So I, I I think it's going to fall here. You know, we have a little bit of a pullback, but we want to buy that pullback because um, you know ultimately I see it going to a dollar twenty three in the dollar index. So that's a lo- that's still a long way to go. No, Over I'm with you. I'm I'm 100. Yeah. Listen, I I think that you know I think that the euro currency is dramatically oversold here. Probably gets a bounce, and you know you get one of these. You know, one thing about the euro currency, you get the the the, uh, the guys involved. You know, you get the Mario Draghi, and you get a two three cent rally in one day, and then it goes right back to the toilet. But in the meantime, the pain of the two three cent rally is too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, I, I agree. I think uh, euro is gonna gonna bounce here, but it's just it's another good opportunity to get short. So we we've lightened up both our our long position in the dollar and our short position in the euro. We still have a little bit on, but, right? Uh, just in case, yeah. you know, you're taking, a lot, case. Of mo- you're taking a lot of money out, so you got to be careful. Now, you called the dead nut low in uh, in the in the grain markets and in beans, and of course, then we had that big debacle with the USDA report. Not that you care, but I mean, so they they cracked, and you said, no, no, no. There's a lot more room to go on the upside, and sure enough, they went up about forty cents last week, and uh, looked like they're going higher. Uh, how much higher can we go in the grains? 
I think we can go, you know, I, I, have, I don't even have uh, resistance. On th- I mean, very short-term resistance right where we closed on Friday, uh, which was about 897. But I, so we might pull back a little bit from that. That wouldn't be a big deal. I think the next, the next rising resistance I have comes in at 920 and it's rising. So I, I, you know, I'm probably not going to sell anything until 920 or, you know, that line that I'm looking at where, where it's rising. And then we have, the, I have declining resistance coming in at, um, 9:45, and even that could get broken. But that's I'll probably lighten up at those levels, you know, between 9:20 and 9:45, and uh, let the rest of it. I'll just let the rest of it run. The nice thing about these, uh, th- you know, these bull patterns is when you have a rapidly rising support, which we do in this case, you can just let it run, and then you can just keep moving your stop up. So uh, right now, I have a stop at 8:67. And we have our cost basis is well below that, so uh, there's no way we're going to lose on this position. Uh, right, and now yeah. oil has has now been down seven weeks in a row. Uh, it's still in what I call backwardation, which is not a bullish formation by any means. Uh, I, I know you felt it had a chance to get up your short, but you had felt that it could rally a little bit higher. Has it done any technical damage, or can it still go into the 70s from your view? It can still go into the 70s, in my view. I mean, there's a there's a pretty clean short-term bull pattern that I think could, it could, you know, pop it up here. I don't know how far, how far up it's going to go. Uh, <clears throat> it's not like it got tremendously oversold or anything. We only got in, on an RSI basis. We only got down to about 36, 37, uh, on, on daily RSI. So, you know, it could continue to the downside. If it, if it, I'll put it this way, if it breaks, the low we saw on the low we've seen so far this past week. I think that was Wednesday. If we break that low, then the the bull pad the short term bull pattern breaks, and then I'd be right back on the short side. Otherwise, I want to see a pretty good bounce. Yeah, to seventy or so, or I, I prefer seventy five. Obviously, the higher we can short it, the better. But um, we'll see how overbought it gets. Once we get towards seventy five, I don't. I don't prefer that. I don't prefer higher than sixty six because I'm reselling more again at sixty six. Because I think, I think we get sixty two and then fifty eight. That's the way I look at it. It could, you know, this is not the pattern I'm talking about. Is a short term. It's a small pattern. It's these tend to break easier than bigger. You know, the bigger ones do. So that could that could definitely happen. I just don't want to have to puke out again. And if it gets back to seventy three, I'm going to have to puke out again, and I won't be happy. (laughs) I would just say this: like right now, we're neutral, and we're going to short. We're going to reshort if if Wednesday's low is broken. If it's not, then we'll just we'll just hope and wait for a bounce that we can that we can short into at higher levels. And now China, of course, you talked about China and you called a short on that when it was up near the highs and now it's down near the lows. And I think you're kind of getting a little bit bullish China right now. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have been bullish China, and you know, just recently. Right, no, and, right to near the bottom, sir. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's made, you know, last week it made a slightly lower low right at the end of the week, and it's on this uh, support, this uh, pivot support line that's slowly declining, and it, it lines up with its low a week prior to that. Uh, or actually several weeks prior to that. So uh, like seven, six or seven weeks prior. Uh, so it's lining up fine for uh, a big, big rally. But if it goes any lower, it, it will destroy the look of that pattern. And uh, then I would have to stop out and even consider shorting it again. But it is, you know, it's not 
it's not a no-brainer short anymore. It is getting fairly oversold. But, well, yeah, I, mean, uh, I think that's you know, we got a, about 30 seconds up, but that's an important thing for everybody to understand, Matt, is that, you know, you get to certain points and it's even like the Turkish Lira on Monday. I mean, everybody's well, they got to support. They got to do it. Well, it'll get to it. It'll find it'll, it will find buyers just like it'll find sellers when we get to certain points. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, so I, I, is China washed out yet? I don't I don't know, but it, it's. There's a good, there's a, it's a good long here with, with a very tight risk reward. So you, you don't have to risk very much. Any, any, basically any more movement to the downside, you know, stop out and uh, otherwise you can just ride this for potentially a hundred percent returns or more. Matt Demeter, DemeterResearch.com, CryptoInvestorX.com. As always, I thank you so much for your time. It's always great to be here. Thanks, Dud. This is the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. Make sure you go to libertytalk.fm and download the Bubba Show as well as Crypto Investor X and check out our shows and see what Matt's got to say because he's always on top of the markets. And we're going to step out here for a break. We'll be back with more of the Bubba Show after the break. Todd Bubba Horowitz, the Bubba Show. We're coming right back to you right after the break. Welcome back to the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. It's time for the one, the only, the unbelievably talented Lila Max Media's own Jane King, also the writer of the Kaching Report. What's up, Jane? Hey, Todd. Uh, good morning. Good to talk to you again. <laughs> it's, one, it's been one of those weeks and one of those days and kind of, you know, it's not even Halloween. It's like we don't have the eerie goblins out yet, but it seems like they're showing up here at the end of summer. Even in the in the markets, Jane, you know, it's interesting. You know, it looks to me like there's going to be a trade deal that's going to get done here, uh, maybe even as early as today. Any thought oh. to that? Well, um, I do think there's going to be something done with China. Um, boy, isn't that interesting. Um, that, and it is, it's, you know, I'm so glad this is happening. It has to happen. Um, both sides know it. You know, the Chinese are smart. They know they got to work on this and figure this out. They're feeling pain. We're feeling some pain. They're feeling more than us, I think. Um, but uh, this can't, I mean, we can't, what we were doing cannot be sustained. And, of course, we saw the market reaction and, just what if this actually works? I mean, it's like, it's amazing. Um, you know, it's, they're sending like kind of a, a lower level delegation over, you know, I think that's part of their way to save face again. We're just kind of talking, but I think this will lead to a higher level de delegation. I think it will lead to more fair trade. And I think we'll have something in place by the end of the year. Well, great. you know, as, as you look back, you know, in your in your early years before you became the ace reporter and uh, that you are for Bloomberg and now for your own production. Uh, but, you know, back to your family, I mean, you know, the grains have recovered all their losses from last week's USDA report, which sent them spiraling down. Everyone to blame the trade wars. But like, course, you and I both know that markets do what they're going to do. It doesn't really matter what the news is. But all of a sudden they've rallied back and they're, they've been pretty volatile today, which to me is just saying that somebody's getting ready to do something. And I know Mexico's very close, which is a big place for us. And, and China, I think, will come to the table. So mm -hmm. to me, it all looks like it's going to be, uh, as I said from the beginning, it's a done deal. And then we go to Turkey and not the Thanksgiving Turkey, but of course, uh, <laughs> Turkey with Erdogan yeah. er er and, and him trying to take over his own central bank, which is obviously <laughs> a mistake. But what do you right. think of the action in Turkey and, and what's happened there? I mean, to me, 
it's it, they're in trouble. It has nothing to do with us, basically, other than a few key components. Yeah, no, could- of course not. I mean, it was just I don't know what the heck was going on. Why the market was so upset about Turkey? I mean, I I did a radio interview last week, and I think I guess Friday was when the whole thing kind of started. And I said, um, I don't think I've ever in my entire time working on Wall Street talking about how the Dow is affected by the Turkish lira. Like I just, you know, I'm like what. Um, you know, it's another one of these situations where you got like, you know, an ego dude running a country and, you know, doesn't want to look weak. And, um, you know, and, and this whole thing they're doing with the American pastor is just truly tragic. I mean, they'll be like, yeah, we're going to let him out. No, we're not. Let him out. No, we're not. I mean, and, you know, that's not going to work with Trump. He's not going to be toyed around like that. So, I mean, he can slap every tariff he wants on Turkey, and it's not going to hurt the U.S. economy. Um, you know, this is probably another one of those situations where they have to do some some deals that won't be super public. But I think that pastor is going to get released, and um, I think that you know, I, I think Trump's doing the right thing. He's, if you're going to start these wars with people, you got to stand your ground, and um, he's doing it. Listen, I'm in 100% agreement. You st- if you want to be who you are, and I think that's who Trump is to begin with, you can't back down. You, ha- you have to f- see it all the way through, right? You agree with that, don't you? Oh, my God, absolutely. I mean, it's a little bit like having a kid, like you have a child. <laughs> I, just, have a, a I was child just thinking like, that. Go ahead, you finish, because you got <laughs> young totally kids. agree, right? Oh, 100%. No, it's like... It's like Okay, um, you know, child, um, you can't, you know, you, you have to eat your vegetables or you can't have the candy or whatever. And then the kid doesn't eat the vegetables. You're like, okay, here's your candy. Anyway, you can't do that. I mean, you have to be like I said, eat your vegetables. You've got to eat your, you know, and Trump's making turkey and Chinese eat their vegetables. No, it's, I think, it, listen, you have to be consistent, right? You can't Absolutely. always back down. And, be- and no, it's totally true. And you have to, you have to be like, look, here's what I want. You have to start with the premise of things have been unfair, which they have been. He's right. I mean, and, and he knows he's right. Everybody knows he's right. I had drinks with some people um, in New York last week, so as you can imagine, you know, things turned to politics and they were not pro-Trump. Um, but they admitted that we're going to be screwed over and things are unfair. I mean, they were, uh, they were Wall Street people, absolutely agreed with that. Everybody agrees on that. Um, and so, you know, he, he's got just the facts on his side. And the next, the next thing is stand up and, and don't back down. And you got to take some heat. I mean, we saw the market way down. Um, the farmers, you know, they were feeling some pain. He had to put up with that. Uh, it's very hard. Um, very, and now he loves farmers. And so I'm sure it was painful for him to see that happen. But I think he believed this was going to work out in the end. And I think it will. I agree. Now, now you are in the media. You, are a, a, you have your own production company. You're a reporter. What is your thought and thing what do you think every time that trump says fake media fake news and he kind of bashes the media all the time what are your what are your thoughts (laughs) well um i think i i kind of get what he says um you know a free press is absolutely crucial important um and i think that there's still some great reporting out there and it's mostly done by newspapers um, the New York Times did that story about all the fake YouTube likes and how much people uh, money that people can make off that. And it's just, you know, some really great investigative stuff out there. So an article today, uh, the New York Times did uh, an interview with Elon Musk, and he just really shares some personal details about how difficult things have been and his recreational drug use. And I mean, you don't see that coming from um, kind of superficial media. So I, I think journalism, I, I think, you know, it's, it's underrated and it should be considered a much higher profession. But the media needs to take a look at themselves and what they've been doing for the past 20 years. Uh, they need to look at how they cover Barack Obama. 
I mean, I remember the cover of the New York Daily News when Trump announced he was running for president. And it was a big clown face with him on it. And I was like, oh, that's ridiculous. I mean, it's like the media have, has done this to themselves. Um, people don't like him. They don't trust him. They think they're extremely biased, uh, which I do, too. They, they need to rehaul um, themselves. These big newspapers, these big networks, they need to hire some people with different political viewpoints from some different parts of the country. And they start to regain the credibility again. Well, yeah, and 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 then and then you take, you know, I talked last week about something about we're losing our free speech because through the social media, they're they they are uh, um, censoring a lot of things that that go through on social media, so that you don't always get both sides of the equation. What are your thoughts of that? Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. I mean, you know, what do you do? You've got a platform like a Twitter or a Facebook that anybody can get on and anybody can say anything. And you have people on there, you know, saying stuff. And it's kind of like, I mean, I don't know how you police that. Like, um, they have like robots doing it and they're doing a terrible job and they can't find enough humans to police 2 billion people on Facebook and all the messages that they send. I mean, it's an absolute mess. I think they need to err on the side of less censorship. I mean, maybe if, you know, they could limit it to something like, um, you know, people telling you how to make a, you know, a nuclear bomb and uh, rallying violent, you know, people to get together for some kind of rally or something. But people need to say what they want to say. I mean, Alex Jones, um, 90% of what he says, I don't agree with, but he brings up some interesting points. And I think people should hear those and dismiss, you know, some of what he says is, okay, that's crazy. Like the whole, you know, Connecticut kid shooting thing. I, just, I, I think it's crazy that he even went there. Um, but every once in a while he says something like, well, that's an interesting new viewpoint. I had thought about that. We should hear different viewpoints. So um, I don't know. The social media is going to have to figure this out. You know, Google does um, some of this as well. Um, so it's, uh, we're in a weird time right now, but people need to need to hear definitely the different viewpoints and they need to hear conservative viewpoints as well. And those are the words, according to Jane King, Lila Max Media, the Kitchen Report. Jane King, as always, I thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Todd, as always. And that was our good friend, Jane King from Lila Max Media, the Kitchen Report. And, you know, we interview her every Friday and uh, we, we play it on Monday. So, again, you know, listen to what she has to say. She's a reporter, but she's also a from a farming community. She's got a real good perspective of what's going on around us. And she's in an extra she's a, a, a middle of the road or non liberal in a liberal state, liberal city. So she's always got great things to say. And just make sure that you check her out and check out her stuff at the Kaching Report. And when you see her on TV, check her out. In the meantime, this is The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. And, of course, uh, don't forget to download the show each and every day at libertytalk.fm. And we'll see you back here tomorrow, same time, same station, right here on The Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz. Have a great day, everybody. See you tomorrow. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Liberty Talk FM.